This special episode of Rocketship.fm is sponsored by Revenera, a division of Flexera. Revenera helps software and intelligent device product executives build better products, accelerate their time to market, and monetize what matters. Revenera's solutions help software and technology companies drive top-line revenue with modern software monetization. Revenera helps you understand usage and compliance with software usage analytics, and they empower the use of open source with with software composition analysis. Revenera helps software companies deliver an excellent user experience for embedded on-premise cloud and SaaS products. To learn more, visit Revenera.com. So Mike, in the last episode, we learned about Netflix and the busy year that they've had so far. Yes, there's been the great exclusive content like Tiger King, for instance, that was the big release in the beginning. Uh, But there's also been this heavy traffic usage at Netflix. You know, we can't go out and go to all the different places that we maybe were able to go to last summer. So Netflix has had to work hard to keep up with all that usage. But it was the killing of George Floyd that led Netflix to take action and plan to execute one of the fastest new product feature launches in history, a brand new experience for its members that included a Black Lives Matter collection of content, all in one place, easy for members to discover. And beyond that, Netflix made its entire library searchable based on social justice related terms. Simply type in George Floyd or Black Lives Matter, for example, in the search, and you'll find results like 13th, a documentary about the criminalization of African-Americans and the U.S. prison boom, or uh, the television series like Dear White People and Black AF. To Netflix, building this new experience for its members, it was more than a statement. After all, it took the work of over 120 people to make it happen. This was something that could help bring real awareness to its members, which ultimately helps make an impact beyond what a simple statement could do, like, say, putting out a press release and supporting words online. And as we learn from John Bell, senior product manager at Netflix, its members were craving this kind of content. And they knew this based on the searches that they were seeing made immediately after the George Floyd killing and throughout the protests that were happening all over the country. But how did it all happen? How does a company as big as Netflix execute so quickly? Well, here's John Bell with more on that. Now, John essentially served as the product lead on this entire project within Netflix, and he worked alongside all sorts of other product people, designers, engineers, and others. I think we started with a vision of what we wanted to accomplish. We tried to translate that very quickly into a UX, so sort of a flow, like what is the member experience going to be from an actual um, sort of step-by-step experience perspective. Um, And then we had some initial renderings, and then... Basically, we ran around to all of the different functions that we could imagine being connected. And uh, that was from engineering. I remember getting on the phone with one of our TV engineers. Uh, I called him sort of in the middle of the evening. He was he was um, playing with his son. I remember his son coming in and being like, Daddy, you got to come play with me. Uh, So I felt I felt terrible. I was like, this is this is kind of (laughs) urgent. But it was it was a lot of that. Honestly, it was a lot of like, you know, picking up the phone and calling people and like, hey, you know, can you help with this? Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Does this seem feasible? Does this seem reasonable? Um, so there's there's probably a there's a there's a short period where it wasn't even entirely clear whether or not we could pull off what we wanted to pull off. And so there was just a lot of running around to all the different possible stakeholders trying to figure out feasibility. I think once it was clear that it was feasible, we also knew like what the group of people were that were going to be needed to pull it off. And then, and then from there, it became about sort of communications and alignment and like keeping everyone on the same page probably became our biggest challenge. Um, 
because we had ultimately decided that we were going to put something in front of every Netflix member in the United States. Well, one, it was unprecedented, but two, it could be really, really big. And so getting it wrong, <laughs> having anything sort of not work um, could, could be catastrophic. Getting it wrong could be catastrophic. Uh, no pressure, right? Yeah, seriously. On the other hand, though, they knew that they needed to do something and fast. They felt this real urgency. And John talked about how this urgency sort of went against the grain at what he's used to at Netflix. The urgency was, I would say, fairly unique um, when it comes to Netflix product development. Uh, typically, we like to say we'd rather be right than fast. Um, you know, we, we, we don't have a media driven or sort of release driven cycle um, that drives product development. Um, we you know, focus on what we think would create the most long term value for our members. Um, you know, we do a lot of analysis, we develop, you know, a strategy, we build, we test, um, and then we release things that we feel like are going to drive value for our members over the long term. So the idea of having to do something and turn it around within days, um, not, you know, weeks or, or months and not with, um, you know, tons of testing and user research, et cetera, but just really like muscle memory had to sort of kick in. <laughs> that was, that was, that was uh, both unique and challenging. I asked John to outline the timeline and share a bit about what the launch actually looked like. And I'm assuming that was a quick conversation because he said that that launch took days, not even weeks. <laughs> well, yes, but you could hear from John about the launch and the response right here. Yeah, so I think start from start to finish, um, I think the engineering team met to scope on a Thursday morning, and then we launched on Tuesday evening. So it was it was it was pretty quick. Um, what did launch look like? Um, ultimately, we decided that we wanted all of our members to have access. And so that meant pulling together the engineering teams on TV, mobile, and web. And on mobile, that was Android and iOS. Um, we had to go through the release cycles for each, which are which are distinct um, across, across the three. I think we had to make exceptions in every case, which was pretty remarkable. I think, um, I'll, I'll again, back to the sort of freedom and responsibility, a lot of what a PM does at Netflix is set context, um, and then really put a lot of faith in our partners to figure out execution. And they own as much of the end result and responsibility for the end result as, as I do as a, P, as a PM. There were a myriad of challenges and problems that came up and we, we generally talked through them, but there was very little sort of blocking on PM approval or PM input. Um, a lot of what it was was just, you know, I had a great engineering manager and director as partners. They drove a lot of the coordination uh, on the eng front. Um, I had a great program manager um, working with me and, and very early on we realized we had to organize our Slack channels our email aliases, like try to get everyone on the same page. We had to consolidate a bunch of documents because um, there had been these various different documents written for different parts of the experience. And so we pulled together the PMs that were working on the project, got everything consolidated into a single uh, point of reference on the end front and single point of reference on the product front. And then on Tuesday, we sort of did a, a phased release Tuesday evening, you know, just to make sure everything was was good to go <laughs> and, uh, and to measure sort of our systems responses and social reactions. And say within an hour, um, it was it was fully launched and available everywhere. The response 
say the effort was overwhelming. I heard from a, a ton of uh, Netflix employees who'd, who'd worked at the company for a long time who'd said that that was the most meaningful project that they'd ever worked on. Um, there were a lot of new employees who reached out um, and said, this is exactly why you know I came to work at a company like this. One of the things that I found most special about the project was just the fact that um, the team had so much room to run from executives. Um, so we weren't micromanaged. We didn't run the, the experience through a million different policies and approvals. And at the end of the day, what we got out uh, when we saw on, on Twitter was a remarkable response from both the Black community and folks who were just unaware that Netflix even had this content um, and, and were saying, hey, this really helped me understand these issues a lot better. There were a ton of stories that were written, you know, that's sort of bound to happen if you're if you're Netflix and doing something like this. But the tenor and tone of those stories was, was generally positive as well, because I, I do think people recognize that there were, were easier options that we could have done. There were simpler things that we could have done, and, and we sort of um, went all in, and that was recognized and appreciated by our members, um, by the press, um, and by our, the employees at Netflix. So overall, you can consider this to be a successful launch on all accounts. An important underlying premise, an unbelievable amount of cohesion and collaboration, and in just a few days, a product that made a real impact to the Netflix members. Yeah. If you're judging this in baseball terms, this was a clear home run. And John reflected back on the project, every bit of it, and he recalled what stood out to him the most, what he'll carry through now that this project has launched and is out in the open. One of my early takeaways was really around this idea of uh, building and then trusting muscle memory. We don't have a defined product management practice per se, but there are a few core principles of how we do product at Netflix. And on any given project, I generally spend a lot of time thinking about Am I doing it the right way? And that's, I think, part of just being responsible and being thoughtful. This project, we didn't have time to have like a meta, um, you know, discussion or there was no sort of meta considerations around like, are we doing the project right? <laughs> we just did the work and we did it very quickly. And so looking back and reflecting, uh, a lot of us sort of thought, wow, this is it's really crazy that we pulled this off. And the way that we pulled it off was we spent a lot of time building muscle memory. Um, and, and, and in this moment, we were able to just trust it. Um, and so it's, it's created this, this thought in my mind around um, really needing to create space to develop muscle in, in particular areas um, where either I may have deficits or there's opportunity to develop a strength and then recognizing when to just lean into that. There wasn't a lot of time for me to doubt myself <laughs> because sort of the project was on the line. And so I just had to, I had to operate off a of muscle memory. Um, and I think that was the same for, for all of us. Um, so anyway, those moments where you are operating muscle memory also gives you a really good view of like where you've honed what particular muscles and then where there is opportunity. Um, I realized that there were whole parts of the business that I hadn't built um, a strong relationship with, a strong understanding of, or, you know, trust. Um, and so the follow-up for me was, okay, now I can go and work on better understanding those parts of the business, build better relationships in that part of the business. Um, so that the next time I need to run a project that involves all of us, I can just lean into something that I trust. This was a great story to cover, Mike. And a, a good find, honestly, uh, getting to connect with John Bell and having him share all of this. Well, you know, I give credit to connecting with John Bell to Jules Walter and Mariana Quigless. Uh, Jules and Mariana both co-founded Black Product Managers, which is a grassroots organization that formed to help black product managers like John, Jules and Mariana connect with each other, find camaraderie and learn from each other. I remember you telling me about BPM and 
Mariana, of course, is one of the speakers this year at Industry Virtual. Exactly. Yeah. And as you know, I, I did get a chance to talk with Jules recently. So I'll actually let you hear the origin of BPM right here. About four years ago, in the summer of 2016, I went to a barbecue <laughs> and I, uh, I came across Mariana, uh, who's uh, also was actually my co-founder for Black PMs. And I didn't know her at the time. And we were talking and she mentioned that she was a PM at Facebook. And we had a joke and I was like, how many PMs are there at Facebook? And she asked me how many are there at Slack? And we were wondering how many black PMs there were in the Bay Area. And we started listing out the ones we knew. And we said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we all came together? Um, so that's the origin story. So I think around maybe September-ish of 2016, we organized a social event for black product managers. Um, and it was just a, a social event. And when it happened, the audience had so much value just from like connecting with other people who were facing similar challenges that we decided, hey, maybe we're onto something. And specifically, the common thread was that for a lot of us, we're the only black PM at our companies. Um, in some cases, at much larger companies, there are a few, but maybe in very different departments and you never run into them. And it's just a different experience. And people started sharing in that meeting what they were going through, types of challenges that were maybe specific to us. And I realized that there was a ton of value in just having that community so that we can support each other and actually learn from one another as well. That's awesome. And I, I imagine that the types of things that BPM offers would be like education, events, facilitating connections, that sort of thing. Well, yes. Uh, but of course, it's all in a setting where the members know that the other members, they're like them. They can relate to some of the things that they go through as black product managers. Here's Jules once again on what members can expect to get out of black product managers. We provide a community to uh, black product managers um, and that alone is very impactful, you know, because, you know, everybody needs their peer support. Um, and for black people, sometimes it's just hard to find folks who understand the challenges. So that's the first level, that community part. Uh, a second level of what we provide is what we call leveling up PMs. Um, so you can think of uh, activities like interview prep, you know, for companies. Uh, mentoring, uh, coaching, in particular around uh, important career decisions. Uh, we also have pr programs such as something we call the Accelerator, where we have cohorts of PMs that are about the same level. Um, we we'll meet, um, let's say, once a month and really help each other out and learn on various topics. Um, so we've organized a number of events where we've brought in speakers from various companies, people we really respect, who come in and share with our cohorts or with just the broader group, um, some of the best practices around product management. So over the years, uh, the outcome of these activities is that there have been black PMs who decided that they want to make different career moves than they would have made otherwise. Um, we've helped people prep for interviews and land jobs that literally, in some cases, like increase their salaries by a lot. Um, we've helped people um, identify gaps that they had because nobody actually gave them that feedback. Um, so we've really been helping level up each other and coaching and mentoring each other, especially around uh, important career decisions. 
Hearing John's story from Netflix and knowing that he got value out of being a part of the Black Product Managers group, I hope if you're listening, you'll consider checking out what Black Product Managers offers and maybe find a way to pitch in. Maybe that's joining uh, if you are a Black Product Manager and you're looking for a community like this. And I imagine that being a mentor and sponsoring could also be helpful, right? For sure. And you should definitely go to blackproductmanagers.com and check it all out. But Jules actually has some advice for people that want to help uh, that's even different than going to the website and contributing. His advice is to start right in your own office, so to speak. Well, Mike, I think this Netflix story was a great one. And Black Product Manager sounds like an organization that ought to be getting a lot more attention in the product management space. Yeah, and you know what, Michael? I think this might make for a really interesting episode in our Product Journeys series as well. So I don't know, maybe we ought to put something together for that. What do you think? You know, I think we should. (laughs) All right, well, I think we're going to make that happen. Anyway, uh, we have one more story to tell in this special Rocketship.fm mini-series, so stay tuned.